Investigate Joe Rogan here. As you probably know, I'm the host of the Investigate Joe Rogan podcast, where I fact check and investigate things that have been said on the Joe Rogan experience. However, that's not what I'm here to talk about today. Today, I have an extremely important truth to reveal about Joe Rogan. It might seem shocking, but in this I'll be laying out all the evidence, and in the end, you can decide for yourself whether or not I'm right. If you listen to my podcast, Investigate Joe Rogan, then you already know that I'm essentially Joe Rogan's arch nemesis. I've made over 50 episodes where I explain why he and his guests are wrong about certain things, something nobody else has ever done. I'm currently the only person standing between Joe Rogan and total domination of the podcast universe. You might not think Joe Rogan would care about such a small podcast. You would be wrong. For the past year, Joe Rogan has been putting huge amounts of time, effort, and money into attacking me personally and trying to get me off the internet. In fact, it has gotten to the point where most guests on JRE are in fact chosen specifically to send a message to me. You may think that this sounds implausible, but ask yourself this. Does it make sense that Joe Rogan would really be picking most of these people as guests based on their intellect, opinions, or level of fame? Does it make sense that he would really think people would want to listen to these people for over three hours? Of course not. Joe Rogan has been surveying me and interfering with my personal life for some time now, and most guests are chosen in order to send me some kind of message. For instance, just four days after I began compiling this data, who appears as a guest? A man named Joe List on May 13th. Joe List. Joe List. That's literally the same name as my Word document where I started my research into this subject. Joe List. He's not even famous or anything. Nobody has heard of this guy. He was on the podcast so that Joe Rogan could threaten me by saying that he had access to my computer where I had that file. But this wasn't the last of Rogan's threats. On June 28th, I went on a date with a girl who I knew from an online class. We were in a group assignment together. However, since no other members of the group came with us, it was a date, technically. Even if there really were things we had to discuss for the class assignment, it was implied that there were romantic undercurrents. This is beyond dispute, and in fact, several people have told me that this does in fact count as a date. Regardless, it was an Italian restaurant that we went to. This is an important detail, and you'll see why later. Our waitress, I noticed, wore open-toed shoes. This was highly distracting for obvious reasons, and I mentioned this to my date several times. She claimed to not see the problem, and this disagreement led to a noticeable change in the atmosphere of conversation. Then, on June 29th, the very next day, who should appear on the Joe Rogan experience? Who is the guest after this notable foot incident at an Italian restaurant? Quentin Tarantino. Rogan was telling me that my movements were being watched. I was starting to build up solid evidence, but I wasn't taking any precautions at the time, so I decided to go out in public again. I went alone because my date from class happened to be busy. 
It was a Korean restaurant, so naturally I ordered soft tofu stew. However, they told me that they were out of clams, so it wouldn't exactly be the same dish as usual. I was suspicious due to my last restaurant experience, so I called them out. I told them that I knew they were probably working for Joe Rogan to do surveillance on me because of my podcast. They feigned ignorance, and when I refused to back down, they asked me to leave. Who appears on the Joe Rogan experience the next day? Yeonmi Park, a Korean author. The signal was clear. This episode was also really distracting for some reason, which leads me to think that Joe Rogan may be putting in some sort of subliminal sounds or images into his videos. I'm still researching this possibility. After this, I became convinced that both physical and digital stalking of me was taking place under Joe Rogan's direction. But rather than stop my podcast, which is what he wanted, I decided to up my security. I installed a proximity alarm at my house, and it's a good thing I did. A few nights later, the alarm woke me up and I discovered a short, bald man rifling through my trash. I fired several shots at the figure, something which is completely justified under castle law and the current circumstances. I knew at least one of my shots landed, and the figure limped off into the woods. I attempted to track down the body, but I lost the trail in the dark and was unable to locate it in the morning. I thought that perhaps I had killed Joe Rogan, and that this would all be over now. I was, of course, mistaken. The following day after the siege, a man named Josh Rogan appeared on JRE. Nobody had ever heard of Josh Rogan before, but I knew why he was on the podcast. His name, which of course is quite similar to Joe Rogan, was a message. The message was that I had killed a double, not the real Rogan. Messages that direct stopped for a while after this incident. This is probably because Rogan didn't want to attract the attention of the authorities after such a major happening. It did not appear in any news, not even the local news. I suspect that Rogan had something to do with this as well. There have, however, been several highly suspicious guests since the incident. Mike Baker is a former CIA agent who has been on JRE numerous times. He comes on, says that the CIA is good, and then leaves. I don't know what else you want in terms of red flags for ongoing covert operations. Then there's Brendan Schub. His most recent appearance on the show is suspicious because it was right around the time I began to consider that he could be the mastermind behind everything. And yes, I do mean that he could outrank Joe Rogan. It's possible that we are all really listening to the Brendan Schub experience. When you listen to his appearances on the podcast, it's clear that he's probably the guest with the highest IQ. And his career backs up this theory. He was an MMA fighter, which is essentially chess with the human body, and requires very high levels of intelligence. After his fighting career, he became a stand-up comedian and a podcaster. Both of these things are extremely, extremely difficult and intellectually challenging. Podcasting in particular requires a genius-level IQ and is not something that just anybody with a microphone can do. The last guest I'll mention is Yanis Pappas. Yanis Pappas, spelled backwards, is Sapopsine, 
I don't even have to explain why this is suspicious. This one is a little too obvious, and I think people other than me likely noticed that something strange was going on at this point. Perhaps sensing that others were becoming aware, Rogan had on a slew of inconspicuous guests. He had on seven stand-up comedians in a row, despite the fact that these kinds of episodes are widely despised. So why would he do this if he knew that his ratings would suffer? Because it was an attempt to starve me for content. My podcast is a fact-checking and investigation podcast, so by only having on guests with nothing to say, he was attempting to leave me with nothing to make episodes about. Luckily, I was able to wait him out, and Rogan eventually caved and had on some real guests. Hopefully I have helped some of you realize what's going on here. In order to stay informed, please listen to my podcast, Investigate Joe Rogan. If you notice anything suspicious, please email me, and good luck.